0: But why, you know what, now it makes you think, why aren't we starting, why aren't we making our own little brewery ourselves, and then we can quit our jobs and just retire, do pints and pews and make beer? I've thought about that. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite
0: beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while? As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? Good, Robert. We're we're we started the day about twelve hours ago in prayer together, and looks like we're going to end it shortly in prayer together as well
1: thanks be to God thanks be to God we have the, those opportunities that yeah, can start our work day in prayer uh, thanks be to God for our friendship that we can be brothers in prayer and thanks be to God for our wives that uh, are also part of our our prayer
0: lives absolutely absolutely and now we're have- on a little late tonight so you've uh we're kind of tired from the day but raring to go for another show no guest tonight but um looking forward to chatting with you
1: Oh, for sure. And we've said that
0: many times,
1: more than likely off air, where we come into these later in the evening after we've put in a full day at work, and we're kind of dragging a little bit. But I have to say, buddy, uh, once we get started, whether it's with a guest, but also just talking with you, Dennis, that you know, as I get into the conversation, that tiredness just seems to, to fade away, and I come out of our, our faith conversations rejuvenated
0: yeah absolutely so do I and you've got a really good uh topic for us tonight to talk about so I think we're gonna once we get into it we'll I think we'll enjoy it I think the listeners who tune in will enjoy it yeah, but you yeah. have a few um
1: I have a couple of shout outs but before I even
0: get to to my shout outs I wanted to say congratulations buddy thank you Robert thanks so much I don't know what you're congratulating for more but I'm gonna accept, I'm gonna accept the accolades anyhow <laughs>
1: As we were talking about uh, just before we hit the record button there, pal, Dennis, it's our first anniversary.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, it was around late February, early March that we first recorded our first Pints and Pews podcast way back one. Exactly. So it was about this
1: time towards the end of February that we recorded the podcast. Uh, It didn't hit the airwaves until March 5th of wow. 2021 so this and, one will come out a little bit ahead of, of that date uh, but I have to tell you over the course of the year the amount of editing that has to go into these has
0: drastically reduced and the podcast world has never been the same since we've first entered the airwaves some year ago Robert exactly I don't know if it's for the better or for the worse, but <laughs> it definitely has not been the same and- well it doesn't seem like a year that's for sure Robert absolutely oh. it does not seem like a year no, that's I mean, incredible how time flies, especially as you you know you hit that 50 mark, which you've been there for quite a few years now. But yeah.
1: Well, I'm just following your lead on the age thing yes, here, but we're Unfortunately, <laughs> we're not gonna get
0: unfortunately to you're t- right, you are, but not gonna um, get, get to and we've had how many episodes? Twenty, twenty-five. The oh,
1: I, I'd say between 25 and 30 but okay. off the top okay. of my head I, I really can't say because we changed the numbering once we switched the seasons over that's right uh, we started then season one uh episode one so I think that we are about 28 29 oh, episodes wow. in wow. which is uh kind of amazing that we've stuck with it for
0: that's some. incredible yes very very much uh thanks to you robert for all the work you put in and for making us stick with it and would you say about half the episodes we've had guests now or roughly or I, maybe roughly half have have been guests uh which has
1: been absolutely fantastic but again, yeah it, had it's, some, we've had
0: some really good people on
1: it's it's a lot of fun just chatting along with with you as well yeah now as you said it, it is l- later in the evening and it's been a long day uh, so I'm the one now who's chomping at the bit I would like to know. to get to my beer but before we get to that I did have one shout out that I wanted to make uh, and that was to my friend Monica and when I say my friend Monica uh, she'll know exactly who who it is because that's the way I always refer to her as my friend, Monica. And she always says my friend, Robert, which was, which is kind of fun. That's and we, nice. were, yeah. we were both doing that unbeknownst that the other one was doing that. Um, now, my friend, Monica, she has her own apostolate. Uh, it's over at equippingcatholicfamilies.com. And as we're recording this, and this is our getting ready for Lent episode. She has a number of different great craft activities For Lent. So, if you're looking for something for for your family to uh, pray Lent together to help with your your kids, but also in in catechizing your children to help yourself also grow and have a holy Lent, Uh, I will put her website into the show notes and onto the facebook page but yeah swing by and see what monica has up at uh, equipping catholicfamilies.com that's
0: excellent excellent work on her part good for monica
1: now the other thing we wanted to mention before we got to the beers is that we also finally finally have winners (laughs) for the great
0: hat giveaway (laughs) <laughs> oh. why does it take so long to get to the first beer but we'll we're, we're going to go through these giveaways because you did finally find someone to give the hat to and mm-hmm. and you've been working on that robert so good for you it, i, I it's appreciate been, the hard been work the bane of my existence yeah i don't know how difficult to... it is to give away a hat and a good looking hat. That. i could understand it was an ugly cap but it's such a nice looking cap and they're high quality as
1: well very it's high so, quality so I, congratulations to christina and andrew
0: Christine and and Andrew,
1: we have been in touch and we will get those out to you. Uh, as quickly as possible. <laughs> Maybe as quickly as
0: Robert's
1: hat got out to him. Maybe we can get it out a little bit faster than we get them out to our guests. Uh, poor Robert. Poor, poor Robert. Robert. You're going to tell Robert where his hat is right now? Yeah, Robert, your hat is somewhere in Mississauga. It so is in get, Mississauga, Robert, It's, if it's you're getting
0: listening. closer. It's getting much closer. We just, within the week, it should be at your address. But I, I have given it to my brother in Mississauga about a week ago, so it's on its way. It's yeah. it's not as fast as Canada Post, but it'll get there. Poor Robert,
1: we promised him that hat way back last November, <laughs> I think.
0: Robert Robert will be married by the time he gets his
1: hat. Hey, you know what? Maybe if he gets the hat in time, he might. Wear that
0: at the wedding. That would be great if he <laughs> oh, get no, a picture no. we, of this. <laughs> we want his marriage to be a long lasting marriage. We would better not be wearing baseball
1: caps at the wedding, Robert. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, what are you drinking?
0: this evening my friend yes what do you you know what so it was we're in the middle of the late february it's been a rough winter robert i was thinking to myself this january and february i was talking to my wife as we were walking the dog this evening i said this is probably the worst january and february in terms of cold and snow that i can remember in ages so i came across this little beer at the grocery store the other day the dog days a summer ale and I was, I was telling you earlier on there, too, and when I'm looking for these beers, I'm thinking, everything's IPA, and I don't want an IPA. I know you like your IPA. I don't mind an IPA in the summer, but I thought I want something, a nice, refreshing summer ale to remind me that summer is just around the corner, Robert. Is it not? It's coming quickly. God
1: willing. God willing. Yeah. Because if summer's coming, that means we're going to get through your birthday and then onto mine. And then onto yours, right. exactly. And you... And I am drinking, and this comes from another good friend of ours, and to, and to give him a shout out, Chris. Mr. He's Weighorn, a, yes. He's a, a buddy of ours, and he gave to and both why didn't of he, us. Where's, where's my
0: Belgium style? Abby your you, your
1: Belgian Abbey Ale from the Brock Street Brewery, uh, Mr. Uh, Impatience drank it before we could get to the show yeah you know what well it's like some of us have willpower and waited for you get that
0: like so when you get your christmas gifts do you wait this december 25th or do you just you know open them up the week before
1: oh and i'm just i'm doing a complete just i'm doing a complete disservice no that's okay
0: like i said that will that will calm down that head and it will get to a proper proper level in, in a matter of minutes but you're right it was really good and I really enjoyed it. And I do thank Chris for that, for that beer. And so we'll have to get Chris
1: a hat because of the gift of the beer. Yes. And saying that, I think one thing maybe, you know, if anyone else wants to uh, you know, trade a beer for a hat, get in touch. We, I think we can maybe swing that, that kind of a deal, a beer for a hat. We would love to do that. Uh, I was reading the tasting notes just before we get to prayer, because actually, no, let's get to prayer. And we'll take a sip and then I'm going to read the the tasting notes because there was something that really intrigued me on on the tasting notes, but uh, I'm thirsty. Yep. In the name of the Father and of the the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race and grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink it may gain health and body and peace and soul through
0: Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: In the name and of the, the Father, Father and of the Son and of, of the Holy Spirit. Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. I think that's a record, Robert. We're about 12 minutes into the show and we're taking your first sip. So good for you. You're you're getting there. We're, we're, we're speeding it up. So cheers.
1: Cheers and happy anniversary. Cheers,
0: happy anniversary. May we have many more. Oh, well,
1: that is nice. That is nice. And it's that
0: is nice too, yeah.
1: Very, very reminiscent of the, the Trappist Belgian.
0: That's what I wanted to ask you when I, when I did have it last week, when I, a couple, I did wait about a weekend or three or four days since Chris gave us the beer, but I'm just trying to think, was it like, you've had a lot more of those Trappist type beers than myself. Was it similar to that? I really enjoyed that beer. It's very similar. I would say it's on the lighter side. Okay.
1: Of those beers. If the, the Chimay Blue Cap would be a little bit heavier in flavor. Um,
0: How was the alcohol content? Was it about 5 or 6%? I can't remember now.
1: Well, it depends if it's a double or a triple. No, I uh, just
0: th- meant the one, the one from Brock no, Street. The one that, from right? Brock
1: Street, it, yeah. it's 5.5% okay, alcohol. Yep. Uh, typical Abbey Ale that I've had, like the, the Chimay's, uh are generally anywhere in the seven to nine percent. They can even get up to 10 or 12 percent.
0: I noticed that just when I was looking at our notes for this evening, Robert, how they're all heavy and they're all a lot a lot of alcohol in the beers, right? They're all about, you know, six, six is very light for that. They're all seven, eight, nine mostly, aren't they?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So if you've never had a, an Abbey ale before a Belgian Abbey ale or a Trappist style ale before, I would actually say that this Brock street, Belgian Abbey ale would be a great introduction into the world of Abbey ales because it's just that little bit lighter
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: than, than most that I've had before. Now, I was really intrigued when I was reading the tasting notes on this, uh, Deep red in color, which is true. And I'll put a picture up on the yeah, Facebook yeah, page. I definitely noticed that deep red in color, uh, has notes of rich malt, caramel, ripe plums. And those are all there. Like I said, a little bit on the, the lighter side for an mm-hmm. Abbey ale, but still very, very full, but this is the one that got me and Belgian fruit. I, don't, I lived for a year in Brussels, um, uh, what is a Belgian? My, my, fam- fruit? my family ancestry is Belgian. Exactly. What is Belgian fruit? I, I don't know of a fruit that's typical to Belgium. Yeah. I'll get in touch with my buddy in Brussels and ask him about that. Um,
0: right.
1: I would say maybe stone fruit, like the plums. Uh, oh okay. Forest berries, you would you would have. Right. Um, I mean, if you really want to look into what is Belgian fruit, maybe we need to watch the Smurfs because the Smurfs, they strumph were from Belgium. So whatever the, the fruit was that they were eating might be that. Um, but it does have that fruity character to it. And I think that's right. what they're what they're trying to get at. It's just, right. I I just had a chuckle when I saw that Belgian is fruit yeah, because
0: I, I don't know when yeah, when you mentioned the word Belgian fruit, I don't know what jumps to mind. But now can anybody use that? Belgian style abbey? Like, is that that's there's no copyright on using that type of um name on the on the beer can or anything?
1: I don't think so. Like it's a, a Belgian Abbey ale. I, they probably should maybe have the word style on there, right? Um, is we were reading an article a month or so ago where yeah. it talked about that there's actually
0: that little uh, um Hexagon or something on the the beer can or the beer bottle. Sorry,
1: exactly. So yeah. uh, there is, uh, I would say, an appellation contrôlée. So there, there's a, a specific quality control uh, and specific criteria to be right. deemed a Trappist ale right. or an Abbey ale. Uh, there's the International Trappist Association license, right. which is the hexagon,
0: uh, right. And that doesn't necessarily obviously have to be made and It just has to be endorsed by the Trappist, correct? Correct. Yeah.
1: It does not have to be made Made on property or on property in the Abbey, but it has to be made under the guidance of the the Trappist. They do have to have some say in the the brewing, but they don't have to be the ones doing the actual brewing. Now There are some of them where they are brewed,
0: Right on the site. premises. Now, I hope the ones where they just give the endorsement, Robert, that they would get a percentage of the profits for that. I would imagine that someone would go back to the, the Trappist monasteries. Correct?
1: Oh, for I sure, assume. for yeah. sure. Like there's there's a, a whole licensing agreement, so there would there would be something in pr- place for them to to get some of the funds back in from back that. And looking at that, uh, like the Trappist Association license, the Hexagon, there really aren't a whole lot of Abby's a whole lot of beers that have that. I'm just doing quick math at what I'm looking here. Maybe a dozen at most. Yeah. If that even. So there's six Trappist ales that come out of Belgium, two that come out of Holland, and then one each out of Italy, Austria, and the United States. Road trip. Right. Road. Yeah. So then. For sure. It, down to spencer, right? spencer massachusetts yeah. so that would maybe be a, what a, a an eight to ten hour drive yeah
0: absolutely nothing
1: for us for good uh, i thought no, you wanted have, to do a road trip have... and get on a plane and head over to europe and hit all the other ones and oh, i'd be quite happy be nice. to do that I, as well
0: looking at that robert i'm just surprised that and i think i mentioned this last time that there are none in france there are were, hobbies. There?
1: we did an episode I guess now I would say about nine or 10 months ago. So it wasn't one of the first ones, but it was, it was in there. It was before you, you got sick. We did do an episode where we went through uh, a list of different Abbey ales from around the world. So here, this list that I just gave right now is the international Trappist association license. So those are the Trappist breweries. But there are other Abbey ales that would be other Benedictine orders, the Norbertine orders, or Augustinian orders.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And so those are, are much more widespread. Right. Uh, one of our, our first episodes, whether it was the first or second episode, where we spoke about how beer was made for Lent, uh, and we talked about the, the Pauliner uh, The Salvatore, which was the the original beer that was used for fasting in Lent, you know, way back when. Uh, And that would have been Augustinian monks, I believe. Okay, okay. So they wouldn't, because they're not Trappist, they're not going to have the Trappist label, but -hmm. they would still be considered an Abbey beer. Right.
0: Right, but the Trappists were the original brewers of beer, correct? Or not necessarily?
1: I think the Trappists maybe refined it.
0: Refined it, and and if you think of a beer, like a, a monastic beer or something, you do think of the Trappist first. You really don't think of the maybe the Augustinians, although they brew it, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, it, exactly. You might but think uh, of
0: the Benedictines, though, and I think we're gonna look at you know a little bit of talk a little bit about that, that tonight, right? But
1: yeah, well, the, um, the Trappists are Benedictines. The Trappists are. If you want to say the crack troops of the the Benedictine world, the Trappists are the ones that take the the rule of Saint Benedict and one step further in their the silence, isn't it? Or those are the Cartusians that are
0: silent. No, some uh, Trappists aren't. Aren't?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, they, they could be some tra- some of the Trappist yeah. orders as well. Like that's. Then you're starting to get a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, on that, but. Brewing beer has been a monastic tradition as long as there have been monasteries, uh, especially in Northern Europe. Uh, There's something kind of that goes, uh, an imaginary line that goes across the the middle of Europe, thinking Mm north-south, that's called the grape line. So south of it, grapes grow readily and north of it, not so much. Oh. Uh, so if you look at southern Portugal, southern Spain, the southern half of France, uh, once you get into the mountain ranges and, and into Switzerland and Germany, you do have some, some vineyards. But then you look at Italy and the Balkans mm-hmm. and then through mm-hmm. Greece where – the fruit, the fermenting fruit of choice is the grape. Grape. North of that where grapes don't grow as well. Uh, that's right. where the cereals come in and, and the beers. So you have this grape lime and south of it, the monasteries more often than not are producing wines and herbal liqueurs north of it. It's the beers and a lot of this had to do with way back in the middle ages it was actually safer to drink the beer and to drink the wine absolutely because you did not know what kind of microbes you were drinking when no. you drank the local water
0: right and 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 the whole filtration and the whole making of the beer got rid of all those
1: particularly
0: well, ex- possible diseases
1: exactly i mean beer is a, a pasteurized liquid if if you like because you you do have to boil it right so you're getting rid of all the
0: bacteria and everything right so it becomes a safe product to drink for for all ages if i'm not right at at one time certainly
1: exactly so they would brew a lighter beer to give to to children And, and when i say lighter i mean lighter in alcohol content not necessarily in flavor or the the way it would sit because a lot of times the, the, the beer was seen as a cereal. I mean, it was called liquid bread mm-hmm. or, you know, we hear about in the world today, even the, the oatmeal stouts. And so it really yeah. was,
0: it replaced porridge. It did. It did. Yeah. And it worked, didn't it? I mean, yeah. we, we talked about that last week, the way the orphanage would, they would give beer to the, the orphans and stuff, right? Oh, like ex- beer, of course. Yeah,
1: exactly. Again, light in alcohol, but heavy in nutrients.
0: Yep. Yeah, Well, nutrients. I mean, you just have to look at Guinness and Ireland, having nutrients, giving it to, to pregnant women and to, you know, new, uh, mothers with newborns and stuff for breastfeeding, right? So that, uh, that speaks to what you're talking about.
1: Oh, exactly. And so the monasteries have developed different levels and different styles of beers, and we were alluding to that earlier. So if we take the, the Chimay, for example, uh, they have the red cap, the blue cap, there's a white cap and a gold okay. cap. And as you move up through that, the alcohol content goes up. The flavor changes. Uh, some of them are, are heavier than others. And to be quite honest, once you get above the blue cap, the, the white and the gold, I find very, very heavy and very difficult to drink. And they, they really are sipping beers. Okay. It, it's not a beer for the Super Bowl.
0: Right. So that Chime one fifty, that uh, in the notes you sent along, that's ten percent. That would be a, a difficult beer to knock back. A few of those, I would imagine. That,
1: that would not have been a beer I would have been cracking
0: open in in the dorm back in university no, days. Absolutely okay. not. No. Uh, Any of these, you probably wouldn't have been cracking open. You know, <laughs> like even the Chime Rouge at seven percent. I mean, no. a few of those would uh, set you back.
1: well exactly and just that they are a a heavier in flavor now you were you were talking about earlier your dog days of summer that you've got on the go yeah and you say you you like a a nice light crispy beer but you don't necessarily like the ipa and when you were saying that it made me think of the kolsch kind of beer which is a a a light crisp blonde beer yeah kind of all the qualities of an ipa without being an ipa Without
0: having that hazy citrusy and a little bitters bitterness too, I find the ipas Now this has a little bit of floral and citrus, and I'm not a big citrus guy. My beers, I don't mind the wheat beers, but I'm liking it. A couple of sips in, I'm really enjoying it. It's light. You can see how light that is. It calls it a uh um crystal clear with a straw yellow. Yeah, no, that that looks nice. It's a really nice, it's it's a nice beer. Yeah, I get again, but I just unfortunately I thought it was this, you know. Little Brewery in Bob Cajun. You can go ahead and sing, there if you want. No, I, I, I've i been told not to sing. O, Old Dog Brewing Company. I thought, I hey, great support. And then I realized, as I look at my notes, it's um, I believe it's owned by Sleeman's, which is one of the bigger breweries around these that's, parts of the wood. Yeah. That's one of the things
1: I've noticed and I've read about in the craft beer industry, that with the craft beer industry taking off the way it has, and doing so well is that these small craft breweries are actually being bought out. Yeah. By the bigger brewing. Companies. And they're not,
0: they're not announcing it any way on the can, are they? They want to keep that hidden. The fact that they're being bought out. They want to, you to think that they're actually the small little brewery. Correct. Oh, exactly. Because that's yeah. a selling point. Like you just yeah, said, you, you
1: thought you were helping out a, a small yep. little brewery. And there's, there's been a number of times where I've done that as well. i think I'm buying a, what I think is a craft beer from, you know, some small entrepreneur in in a small town, whatever, yeah. and then you start looking at the label a little bit more closely, and it's like,
0: oh, that's like InBev or yeah, you know, one of you know Molson <laughs> Coors, the big brewers, yeah, yeah. But why, you know, what now it makes me think? Why aren't we starting? Why aren't we making our own little brewery ourselves, and then we can quit our jobs and just retire, do pints and pews, and make beer. I've thought about that.
1: There was actually on my way to, to work, uh, in the last six months, maybe even less, there was a, an old church that was up for sale, uh, kind of between Port Perry and Whitby. And I thought that would be good, but it just, it wasn't in an ideal location for people to be coming in and stopping And You would have to find something like that in a small town, a small touristy town, uh,
0: yeah, but if you had the right product and a good beer, people, people will stop. People will come. Yeah, build it, and they will come,
1: right? Exactly. But that, that's enough about the pints, buddy. Maybe we should uh, get into the pews a little bit.
0: Yes, here. and I, I we've got a good show, and uh, we've talked a lot about the pints, and I, I'm just so impressed with these monasteries before we begin, the fact that they always had something you know, they decided that they were going to make something and whether it was beer or wine or cheese or bread, they just found a niche in their community and they made it. And then, I mean, people clamor for some of these uh, Monk products. I mean, they're, they're sending them by mail now, right? You can get them on the Internet. There's so many products to get and they're always great quality, Robert, every time I've gotten anything from one of these places.
1: And that's what I was going to say as you were you were going on there, Dennis, is that the quality... Of the monastic products is second to none no it's
0: not you're right absolutely
1: and i think that comes back to the the whole benedictine motto of ora et labora of prayer and work so a lot of these products they're made in a prayerful deliberate manner and our last guest on our last episode father eric ma mentioned that he alluded to that when he Spoke about his father, and he would watch his father, and his father would do things with great love mm-hmm. and meticulousness, right. and you could see almost a, you could hear a prayerfulness as he was sharing those kind of stories. And I think that's the way the, the monks work as well. It's not about quantity. It's not about how no. many liters of beer can we get out, or how mm-hmm. how many rounds of cheese can we produce or whatever the product is that's yeah. coming out of the monastery. Right,
0: or, or great PR or great advertising. They don't need to just make a good product and people will purchase it.
1: And I read that. It was uh, from one of the, the Norbertine monks in Belgium. He was talking about that. And he says, you know, our, our job is to prayerfully make beer, and the fact that it's a great product is secondary, <laughs> or the fact that it's a financial success is secondary. Yeah. We want to prayerfully make the best product that God wants us to make.
0: That's the Holy Spirit guiding their hands as they're making that product for sure.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because you want to make it that's good enough for God. Yep. And since it's good enough for God, it surpasses all human expectations. Right. So, Dennis, my friend, we wanted to share a few quotes as we, we try to do when,
0: when we get together. I uh, think the quotes are are something that I really look forward to. And I just I don't know. We've just got you know, we've come through some saints that are so impressive. And we come up with these quotes. And I think, you know, as we approach Lent to Robert, we, we need a couple of good, you know, quotes to keep us going to remind us of the importance of the next uh, 40 days or so coming up.
1: And again, thinking back to this being kind of our our first anniversary episode, and that we started uh, at the beginning of Lent 2021, Mm -hmm. again, it was one of our first episodes. Uh, I know it wasn't the first one, but I think it was the second or third episode where uh, it was titled Saint Quotes for Lent.
0: Right, Right, right. And I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I vaguely remember breakfast.
1: Ago. Never mind an episode mind that a, we year that a year ago. So yeah, we we've put together some quotes. It's one of my favorite parts of our conversations as well. I almost mm-hmm. see it as a challenge now. Let's see if my. I can pull out a quote that's going to stump Dennis.
0: Yeah, well, right. I mean that's not very difficult. But I I like to pull out a quote that that actually gives me a little bit of hey. You know, I I can see either myself in this or people I know or, you know, this is something that, you know what, next time I get this in this position, I need to kind of think about this quote. And the first one is one that I thought, you know, from the great saint, St. Francis de Sales was one that fit the bill for tonight.
1: Now, I figured you just wanted a St. Francis de Sales quote because that's one of the parishes in the town you live in. Absolutely. And that's the only only reason why.
0: We've only got two (laughs) Catholic churches in the town, Robert. One of them, of course, is St. Francis de Sales. And he said, anxiety is the greatest evil that can befall a soul except sin. God asks you to pray, but he forbids you to worry. And what better quote in the last two years in COVID than that? quote Robert from St. Francis de Salle because oh, there's a lot of people who are anxious in this times.
1: Exactly and when I saw that quote from you it actually made me think of our, our own Archbishop Thomas Cardinal Collins Thomas Collins, uh, and he has a great book I should have grabbed it off the the bookshelf before we started so that I could actually uh, give the title but it he did Electio uh, Divina on the Beatitudes, on the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. and part of the Sermon on the Mount, Christ is teaching, basically on this same quote. Not that Christ was teaching on Saint Francis oh. de Sales. I think Saint Francis de Sales was teaching on Christ, mm-hmm. but you know, but he says, you know, why do you worry about anything? And I, and I'm paraphrasing from from the Gospels mm-hmm. here, but you know, look at the sparrows. Right. They don't worry about where their next meal is coming from Mm -hmm. or look at the the lilies of the field that they don't worry about clothing themselves. You know, our Lord looks after the sparrows. Our Lord looks after the lilies
0: of the field. Are you not greater than they are? I'm thinking back to the 1965 uh, movie, The Greatest Story Ever Told. Mo- Max von Sydow, when you when you say those lines, Robert, and he, that's right from the movie. But absolutely, absolutely.
1: And Cardinal Collins, when he's meditating on this line of scripture, he says, you know, worry and anxiety is, is pointless. Because if you're anxious about something in the future... Ninety-five percent, ninety-nine percent of what you're worrying about is never going to happen, <laughs> right? You and so often when I look back on my life, and, and so often mm-hmm. all yeah. these things that
0: I've worried about, yep.
1: they never came to fruition. No,
0: you're absolutely right, Robert. And and these last two years have been, you know, to speak to that what you're talking about, we've just worried ourselves sick about stuff, and and really in the end. You know, things are turned. Things are starting to turn the corner, and worrying doesn't really help matters, does it? Yeah. Prayer does. Yeah,
1: and I'm just going
0: to things. I'm going to throw a plug in here as far as
1: worrying about things, anxiety, yeah. and fear. There's and anxious, a great yeah. new book out there. Mm-hmm. It's called Five Smooth Stones <laughs> Facing the Goliath of Your Fears. I think, I, think <laughs> I know that author. I have to throw the plug in for the book, but because it really is looking at five things from our faith life as far as facing these fears yep. and i actually quote cardinal collins in the book in the book on this whole idea that you know don't worry about stuff in the future because right. more than likely it's not going to happen and don't worry about stuff in the past because you can't change that anyways
0: yeah right absolutely
1: right you can make reparation for it right. and you can you know, be remorseful for it. You can seek to change and make amends, but you can't worry about it. Yeah. No. And so this notion that anxiety is the greatest evil that can befall a soul, except sin, bang on. Yeah. Bang on, because it is destroying your life. It's destroying mm-hmm. you, not just physically, because that anxiety, you know, blood pressure will go through the roof and all sorts yeah. Yeah, and all the like, but I think then it also attacks your spiritual life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, good point. Right.
1: So now, thinking of spiritual life, I came across my quote, my first quote. Uh, I was reading a book by Nicola Dia, and Nicola Dia uh, is usually the co-author with my favorite African cardinal,
0: Cardinal Sarah.
1: Exactly. So he wrote a book, and it came out a couple years ago, called A Time to Die. Uh, And this book, he visited, let's say, a dozen monasteries around France. Just to give a round number, I'd have to look at the table of contents to give you the exact number. But he visited these monasteries to see how they dealt with end of life. That these men who had been in monasteries and been living a monastic life, some of them, 60, 80 years. Uh, some of them had gone into the monastery as teenagers and they're dying in their 90s. And you know, how, how do they deal with death? How do they, they confront these, these end of life process? And, and what I took away from the book and, and what Nicolas Diop puts forward is that it was very peaceful that these were men of prayer and they spent their whole life preparing for death <laughs> and they spent their whole life preparing for that moment when they would be for, would be before the ultimate judge. And so my quote from, from this book, uh, from Dom Patrick at the set Abbey, uh, he says life without God is an absurdity.
0: That's and, a great quote
1: life without god is an absurdity and i mean that just makes me laugh in many ways it, it makes me chuckle but really when you get down to it and this is coming back again like i was saying the, the spiritual life mm-hmm. without god what is the point of
0: life what is the point yeah what a, what a great quote and what a great book i i think you have to put that link to the book and the author at, at, you know on our um in the show notes will do Absolutely. Sure. What a, and I don't know. I'm. I'm just hoping that the book that you read is in English, so I can read it, Robert. It. Or?
1: It is in English. It, oh, excellent. Okay. Here, I'll hold it up for the screen that you can see it, but not necessarily our, our Absolutely. listeners. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I yeah. would love to. Yeah. Give that. That looks like some summer reading for me. I thought if you hadn't put a, uh, you know, a time to die beside that, I would have said. I don't know why, but that's GK Chesterton. It just seems like something GK Chesterton might say, but you know what I mean? That type of quote. But, right that little there, tongue-in-cheek but, yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. But what it, it makes perfect sense. And what, what a great quote quote that is for and, sure. And like you say, Chesterton in the tongue-in-cheek. Yeah.
1: But I can also see this aged monk in all simplicity, <laughs> in all prayerful seriousness come up with this and it's mm-hmm. such a simple phrase
0: but it's so profound. It's so profound. And Waiting for their waiting for their eternal reward. They've lived a good life. And you mentioned the monastery. I don't think you mentioned the country. Where was that, Robert? It,
1: they were in France.
0: In France, so, okay.
1: So all, all of the different monasteries from around France, mm-hmm. uh, some Trappists, some Cistercians, um, the chapter for the Cartusians who take the vow of silence uh, up in the, the French Alps um it it was an amazing read i of uh, everything i've been reading lately that was the one i went through the quickest because i didn't want to put it down right
0: yeah and And especially today we know when we think of you know our medical assisted in dying laws that we have in canon now or somebody once said it's medical assisted to die not medical assistance in dying because everybody needs medical assistance in dying but anyhow i digress what a beautiful book should be read by a lot of people.
1: the notion of the, the prayerful simplicity, right? Yes. And it comes back to your first quote, God asks you to pray. He for, forbids you to worry. Mm-hmm. And that prayerful simplicity brings such a, a peace of mind and soul.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the next one we have is from uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, the great Jesuit. If we're afraid to be different, how can we make a difference in the world? And I, I certainly think that, you know, you've certainly highlighted that many times on the show, Robert, how we, you know, have to step out there a little bit, you know, to make a difference. And especially in 2022, we've got COVID, we've got so many things going on. We live in such a secular society. You know, being different in, in this particular sense is not necessarily a bad thing. For sure.
1: I really don't know who said it. First, and, I, and it's definitely not not myself, but in referring to the salmon that are swimming up upstream to spawn, it takes something living to swim upstream. Mm-hmm. Anything that's dead just floats along with the, the current. And yeah, so nice analogy. We need to be different. We need to go against the current. We need to go against the grain, so as to eventually make a difference. And it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, I mean, we
0: may not see that, you know, in our lifetimes. We may just plant some seeds along the way, but down the road, please God, you know, we will have made a difference.
1: God willing, God willing. Thinking of saints who made a difference, uh, mm. I wanted to, to throw this one out there. This is this is my go-to Lent
0: quote. I love this one. Mm-hmm. This next one here. Oh, what a great quote this is.
1: This is my, my go-to Lent quote from St. John the yeah. Baptist, uh, from the, the Gospel according to John, chapter 3, verse 30. In reference to Christ, in reference to the Lamb of God, John the Baptist states, he must increase and I must decrease. And he's not talking about in stature.
0: No. no, It's, it's simple, but it, it speaks to, you know, oh, you know, John the Baptist, baptized christ and you know all these accolades maybe coming his way and you know what he's just got to fade out kind of let himself phase out of the picture a little bit and let christ increase And which we all have to do sometimes because sometimes we like the accolades we like the you know to be lauded type thing correct
1: i I was gonna say that is one of the most difficult things Mm -hmm. to deal with um and case in point
0: yeah us with this ego pride exactly. I don't know. I, yeah.
1: I, I was gonna say us with this here on the Pines and Pews podcast. You mentioned on our, our last episode, uh your dad passed away. It's right. a, a month ago now.
0: Yeah, it's almost coming on a month. You're right, Robert. Yeah, it'll be a month in quite a, in a few days. In, yeah. in a
1: couple days. It, it was a month ago now. And so when we were at the visitation, uh, whether it was your family members or some friends <laughs> or or people that we've worked with, and they all stress, oh, you're, you're co-host with Dennis on the on the podcast, great podcast. And it's so easy to let your chest become puffed out mm, and your, so easy. Your, your head so swollen when really we need to remember, you and I, that mm-hmm. he must increase and we must decrease. The whole notion of the Pines and Pews podcast is to, yeah, chat about the faith over a beer, but it's to get the word of christ out there
0: yeah absolutely and that's you know that's so important to remember you know as as i'm practicing my autograph here on on one of the pages and stuff you have to realize that really in the grand scheme of things we're just a speck on this this earth and that if we can somehow bring a few people to christ we, we've done more we've done a good job and that's yeah. really all we have to do
1: and, and you're saying as being a speck of dust um we are approaching lent uh, yes, God willing, uh, we'll get this out there before Lent starts. And we're gonna talk about getting ready
0: for Lent in, right. in a couple Absolutely. minutes. Yes, we will. And uh, just to note that we before we talk about that, oh, we'll do that in a bit, but let's just finish with this last quote. Uh, from a Saint Alfonso, Alphonsus, as I put my glasses on, Lid. I'm gonna butcher this last name. Yes, and you're you letting are. me just you're just and hanging I'm, I'm out. I'm just letting you
1: hang Leguri.
0: Liguri. Out there to try. Liguri. Liguri. Yeah. Yeah. St. Alphonsus Liguri. Harji Liguri. True charity consists in doing good to those who, who do us evil and thus winning them over. That's hard, Robert. That's a hard quote. But I liked it because. It speaks to the fact that you we must love our enemies at all times. And that's that's really difficult sometimes. I think you had a
1: difficulty with the quote because there's a typo in there from when I was typing it up earlier. So right. I, my yeah.
0: apologies. I just, I just switched that to last minute because I know you had t- that's not the right <laughs> word. So I, I put in the right word. But yeah, true charity what? consists in doing good to those who do us evil and thus winning them over.
1: And I think that was a gospel reading not too right. long ago. It was. About, you're about right. loving your enemies. And...
0: I have a tough what, time with that sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I think it comes down to the notion of what love is when we think of this. So true <laughs> charity, so true love consists of doing good to those who do us evil. We are called to love our enemies. We're not necessarily and this is myself speaking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're,
1: we're not necessarily called. To like their to decisions, like yes, yes. We're not called to like their opinions, um, but we are called to love them. So we are called to pray for them. We are called. If if you were to see your enemy in dire straits, you are called to go in and and help them. Right. We're called and, to forgive them. And exactly. And all of those things are extremely difficult. Mm-hmm very very difficult. very difficult and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there is a blur between love and like <laughs> in in there
0: yeah absolutely yeah we don't have to like we can't like everybody we meet we can't like everybody in the world we come in contact to but we're, we're called to love them
1: well exactly and, and when i was reading that quote it made me think of my own father who passed away four years before your own on, on the exact same date which was well, that's right. Kind of- yeah, kind of, kind of blew me away.
0: I can't believe your father's passed four years now. Well,
1: wow. yeah, and in his last year of his earthly life, when the dementia was setting in, and all of the the inherent problems that that come along with that, he, he was getting nasty. And, and we'll just say it as as it is: like he was not himself anymore. He was not the same man. Mm-hmm. He was not the same loving, caring father that I knew growing up. And as we were making our way through all of that as a family, I kept saying, I still love my father. I mm-hmm. just do not like what he has become.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I remember you telling me at the time, yeah, there's things I don't like about him right now, but I I love him.
1: I always love him. So I would, yeah. I would go to the nursing home. I would wheel him to the corner to go for a beer. Yeah. Uh, I would take him out for lunch. Mm-hmm. We would go hang out. We would play crib. Uh, all of those things. And so that, that and that was loving him, that was looking after his best interest, that was being with him. But I did not like a lot of the stuff that was that was going on. No, and, and that comes back to your quote here from St. Mm-hmm. Alphonsus Liguri: that true charity, true love consists in doing good to those who do us evil. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's
0: great. That's a sign of a big man or a big woman to to, to do good to those who are. Trying to hurt us or have done us harm for sure,
1: and it doesn't have to necessarily be an enemy that you're going to get in a a drag them out fist fight, Mm, right? Right. But just think of that that annoying coworker that Mm -hmm. you have. So I mean, you must be going straight to heaven with all the love you show me. Thinking of annoying coworkers, (laughs) but think of your annoying coworker or. The, the family
0: friends. member, you know, the relative uh, that you have to see at Christmas and Easter, right? Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to make me give up something for Lent this uh, Lent? Like I did? What did. I think I gave up beer last year.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Here we're, we're starting a podcast, one year anniversary. We're heading into mm-hmm. to Lent again. Last year, we're starting it up. We're heading into Lent. What does Dennis give up for Lent? Mm-hmm. Beer. And we're, was having, I getting, we're, that's we're having right. pints and pews. We're going to have a beer and talk about the faith. You can't have a beer for the first I have five to say, episodes. Those were,
0: oh, I can admit this now a year a year on. Those were the worst few shows for me without a beer. <laughs> but well, I'm not look, giving up beer this late.
1: I'm glad I no longer have to pray. Bless, oh, Lord, this creature, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I think I was a ginger ale guy, but yeah. So what am I giving up? Any, any, uh, you say not well, you, to make a knee-jerk recis- decision. I really like that. Put some thought into it. I've been really mulling this over for a couple of weeks. And you know what? I haven't come to the decision. So I've got five days left. So I'm not going to rush into it. Yeah. And any I, suggestions? I, I, throw, I
1: throw that out there. And, and I talked to you because Lent has a habit of sneaking up on us. And really, oh, we probably yes. should, we probably should have done this episode about a month ago. I know. To, and, and because it's going to come out two days before Ash Wednesday. Uh, but I can remember, and it was especially growing up and as a younger adult, because mm-hmm. it would sneak up on me. I wouldn't think about what my Lenten sacrifice was mm-hmm. going to be until after mass Ash Wednesday. And I'm in the church parking lot. And someone asked me, so what are you giving up for Lent? I'm like, oh, chocolate chips. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, and you
1: know, everything was CH chocolate chip and
0: churros. Um, I, I once again now that we're back on this show I have to go quickly back to to my childhood again parents, you know both Irish Catholic so drink and cigarettes gone for the entirety of Lent except St Patrick's Day and I they never went back on the Sundays, which are feast days correct Robert so we can imbibe a little on those days can we not? Yes you can. Yeah. legally. But again, I always say that's looking for a loophole. Oh, I don't know. You know what? We, well, we've spoken about this before. Yeah. I I don't, I usually give it up, but I, I don't blame people if they want to imbibe a little, but I tell you those 40 days were the crankiest in my household. So, you know, I'm telling you, I couldn't wait to the Monday after Easter. I'm, you were you, you you on that.
1: your best behavior for those 40 days. Oh, Cause boy. you knew if you went over the line, you were going to get it. Right? Yeah.
0: I needed that smoke filled living room again on the Monday
1: that <laughs> you so, see for for me growing up the the faith was not a a huge thing so yeah we would maybe say we're giving up chocolate for lent yeah and that would last until like the friday after ash wednesday
0: yeah i don't ever might my, <laughs> remember myself yeah doing that you know i i certainly wasn't but my parents were pretty good at that but um, and, and then one time they did it in 1985 or 86, and they never went back and, and, and to, that, to the cigarettes.
1: And then that kind yeah. of brings me to my next point. Right. Whereas when you're praying on and discerning what your Lenten sacrifice is going to be, what your Lenten promise is, do it with an eye to making it an Easter habit. Mm
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Right, so like you're saying, your parents gave up the cigarettes one year for
0: Lent. Cigarettes and in the booze, yeah.
1: And and the cigarettes just never came back.
0: Right, the cigarettes never, yeah.
1: So it became an, an Easter habit. Habit, yeah. And so when I look at you know each year, what I'm discerning for my Lenten sacrifice, for my Lenten, promise, wait, I don't
0: like the way this is going here. If we're I, talking I, beer, um, no, we're not suggesting we're okay.
1: We're not talking beer, uh, but I, I I always look to making it an Easter habit. Whether it's changing my eating habits, uh, reducing the the sugar intake in my coffee.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, in the mornings but i want to get back to that after Easter. i want to put full sugar i want to put full cream in i like the fact that we're making an effort here i do like the fact that you're saying put some thought into the darn thing when you're doing it and i like the fact you say hey maybe you should grab you know take a little bit off the shock and not (laughs) and ease into a little bit but i like the fact that these 40 days hey this is serious stuff here you know for sure christ died for for our sins these 40 days let's maybe make an effort to give up something. And you had mentioned this the other day to me, make up something that's going to hurt you. That's going to be difficult. You know, don't oh. give up something that you, you, you rarely do. Well, exactly. It's meant to be a sacrifice. And Absolutely. like you say, you
1: look at Christ on the crucifix and that's what you, that's what your Lent is supposed to be. Right. It's not, it's not made for comfort.
0: No. It's and on that note, I will be giving up nothing for Lent. <laughs> Actually, you had something for me, did you? Because my wife had something for me, too. And I don't know if I want to just say what you had for me, because I want to see if it was the same as my wife. I
1: I do have something for you. I doubt it's the same as what your wife has for you. Um, It's not anything food or alcohol related. Uh, And my, my thought on that was because you're coming out of your illness. You're coming out of your right. gallbladder surgery, and, right. yep. and we need to fatten you up, right? Still, um, how could I ask you to to give up calorie intake when no, you're when, yeah, you, when you're trying to double
0: it up, right? I won't be giving up calorie intake for sure, and,
1: and that's something too to remember with your Lenten sacrifice. Like you say, it needs to be something difficult. It needs to be something that we recognize is sinful in nature, even if it's just venial sin right maybe that's what i'm going to give up venial sin on a tortilla mm-hmm. have you ever had <laughs> venial sin on a tortilla no you take a tortilla and on um, one half of it you put Nutella. on the other half you put peanut butter and then you roll it up it is the best thing going hmm. right? wow it, it, it's so good it, it, it is sinful but not well, um but no, you, you you have to look at at something that you know is not mm-hmm. good for yourself, not just physically, but also spiritually. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say that some of my Lenten promises are only shared in the confessional. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yes, absolutely.
1: Some of my Lenten promises I will only share in the confessional.
0: For sure.
1: Uh But there is that just that, that concupiscence that, that mm-hmm. inclination to, to sin that we need to work on overcoming that within ourselves spiritually he must increase while we decrease right right uh so my lenten challenge for you is actually to have christ increase in you mm. and the way i would like for you to do this and i'm going to give you two different titles one i know you have the other one i'm not sure if you have this
0: is homework are you giving me homework? i'm giving program? you homework oh man i've always got homework okay uh, i got my it, pen I got my pen out.
1: It, it, it shouldn't take you more than five minutes a day. Ten at wow. the most. Okay. Okay. I know you have a copy of The Imitation of Christ. I do. By Thomas A. Kempis. Mm-hmm. Do you have a copy of The Spiritual Exercises by St. Ignatius? No, I do not. Okay. So I guess we're going to go with. I'm, the Imitation I'm starting of to Christ. like
0: this homework a little bit. I, I'm, I'm getting excited about this.
1: And you just need to read, I want to say, a, a chapter. A day. Yeah. Now when, when I say that, uh, I think you know the way that the book is the, it's laid out, the imitation of Christ, that there are right. the different books, and then within that there are the different chapters. Right. The chapters like f- page, two pages, and the ones that are there's maybe some that are five pages, split them in half. Right. I don't want you reading more than two pages a day, right? But that is your your spiritual Lenten promise is to read one or two pages from that, starting at Book one, chapter
0: one. Okay.
1: And just reading through that. I like that. Daily. I like
0: that a lot. I think I can have handle the whole chapter a day. If I have to give a few extra minutes, it's no yeah. problem. And the, the uh, spiritual exercises, I do the three-minute spiritual exercise in the morning with my prayers. But what is this different? Because I, I think I would like this as well.
1: It's probably more intense, the spiritual exercises it's laid out and it can be done very similarly to what I was saying with the the imitation of Christ Right, that it's laid out that basically each chapter, each part, one, two, maybe at at most four pages. And again, so those you, you can split. Okay. Um, And when we're done talking about, about these things, I need you to remind me because I'm getting old Right. Uh, to come back, I want to speak a little bit about the something I just came across in the spiritual exercises.
0: Okay. And but be, you, before I do that, I want to yeah. know what's your Lenten challenge for me? Do you have spiritual access? Ex- well, I'm looking at your. No, I'm joking. I, I know how much you like sweets, Robert. Do you have the spiritual exercise? Are you going to send me that? Yeah. Or you? I, that I
1: you do have it, and I'm just about done, so I can lend it to you. It's well, the same size as the Imitation of Christ.
0: Right. Okay, perfect. Um, I don't know. I thought that maybe some, I thought mine was going to be more of a physical, a, a, a spiritual, a challenge, you know, physically or certainly giving up something. I like the giving up something. I do like what you've given me. I, I really think that's a great challenge, but I do, you know, people say, well, do, you know, more good works and stuff, which are always good to do. Don't get me wrong, but I like the, you know, giving up something. Oh, um,
1: yeah, well, and, and normally I would have given you something to give up, but yeah. I'm
0: just taking into
1: consideration your circumstances at right. this point in time.
0: Yeah. So I would not be I, healthy to do that. You know, I know how much you like, you know, your your Portuguese desserts. I only cetera. had your two sh-
1: quijadas today.
0: Yeah, you only had two and your sugar in your coffee. So I think maybe sweets and desserts might be a good little uh, challenge for you for the next 40 days plus Sundays. Oh, if you're, man, willing you're killing to, me. If you're willing to do that. You're killing me. I, I will do it. That's uh, good. That's I always say it's not a meal unless it's followed by a sweet. Yeah. Wow. So... that's going to be tough for you. If you say that, because I don't really have sweets. <laughs> we don't have dessert often, but we do have dessert. But I that wouldn't be a huge challenge for me. Now, my, my, huge... my
1: sweet my sweet tooth is so bad, my wife has to hide stuff on. Me. Wow. Okay.
0: okay. So this <laughs> would be this would be so very be, big. For you. Be this would be difficult for you. Good.
1: But I, I, I will be good, and I'll make sure that my wife listens to this so that she knows what I'm up against I might against join you on
0: that, though, Robert. I'm thinking about giving up, and this is what my wife had mentioned, uh, which I'd love, especially one or two in the morning, but I'm really seriously considering doing coffee. Yeah. Uh, if I... you think if you're going to do the sweets, I might do the coffee, as well as the the exercises you've given me in the imitation of Christ. You're going to be more grumpy than me. Yeah, I know as long as wait, wait, can you have the sugar and beer? You're okay with that though, right? The, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... Um, no, I think that's something that I really, really enjoy. Is a couple of coffees in the morning or maybe one later on. I think that's something. Now let's go back to the rules and stuff like that. For me, does it mean tea is it limited as well? Just tell me now.
1: No, no. You said coffee.
0: Yeah. So if you if you coffee. need if you
1: need to get your caffeine through
0: through right tea. and for you Sundays I'm allowing you to imbibe okay so well so, no so difficult- see, now this
1: was going to be my question can I save up my Sundays and just use them for the 3 <laughs> or 4 days when we go to visit my portuguese in-laws cuz there's going to be like That's... five kinds of desserts on the table three meals a day <laughs>
0: i know and i was thinking the same thing with beer st patrick's day falls right during the middle of lent i don't know if i could yeah, do but that. but you have yeah. to
1: remember in, in Ireland, Saint Patrick's Day is a, a holy day of obligation. It's a holy it's the, day. Of the, obligation. the level of a solemnity. So no, for sure. It's not the go. same here. But I, I don't of, know who that would tell s- more if I'm not eating desserts while I'm at my well, own can you,
0: yeah, can we give you a uh, a um, can you give me a dispensation? Dispensation as I was looking for that word. The dis- one day dispensation. You need a three or four-day that's gonna I'm gonna have to talk to my people before I give you permission for that. Uh,
1: okay. And I only need to ask for that because I don't know who it's gonna hurt more. Myself or my mother-in-law
0: yeah.
1: that I'm not eating her.
0: We'll sweets, talk about she, that. She off. actually
1: makes certain sweets just for me.
0: Well, we will talk about that off air between the okay. two of us. But for the most part, you're doing the whole forty days.
1: Yeah. So just before we finish up, I want yeah. wait. To... Just
0: before we finish up, four days of four masses on Ash Wednesday at my church. The first one at six a.m. That's pretty cool. Six a.m. mass just for all those all right. people who need to start early. Go on. Robert. All right, I was
1: going to say, are you going to make it? To, no, to I'm not doing one?
0: the six. I get nice five o'clock right after. Work is fine with me. Yes, yeah, so yeah, no, we'll be probably going in the in the evening. Yeah, as there's well. another one, seven thirty.
1: But just before we we kind of finish up, I wanted to come back quickly to mm-hmm. uh, the spiritual exercises St. Ignatius of Loyola, and I literally just read this earlier this week where he spoke about doing a particular examination of conscience, and mm-hmm. I think this would be something that would be good to to help our listeners get through Lent is to. Each day, reflect on your your Lenten promise and the times that you were tempted, or even the times maybe you slacked off for a moment on that. And and, and that can happen. You for sure get yourself back on the rails. Yeah. But he said that you know, think about whatever it is that you're trying to change first thing in the morning. Then he said uh, at noon, and then in the evening, and then just <laughs> before the bed. And just count the number of times that that you were tempted by that. And he was saying, like, on the first day, and I've always heard people say, too, like, the days that they're fasting, that's those are the days they think about food the most. And St. Ignatius says that you, know, you will notice that if you're looking at it that closely, yeah, the first day you're going to go, wow, I was tempted so many times. But then the next day, the number should reduce. And reduce and reduce as you become more cognizant of it hmm. uh, the struggle becomes less because it becomes less meaningful to you
0: yeah I, I totally agree with that that would be something that would seem obvious almost robert
1: it would but it's the simple things sometimes are, are what we miss. yeah yeah so you know yes the lenten promise is going to be tough uh know that dennis and i will be praying for you our, our listeners on that i sure. would ask our listeners to pray for us uh because yeah going without desserts after a meal
0: man i know I, and I, coffee I, in the morning i don't know about that yeah, Jeez, you're gonna, gonna be, be nasty be yeah and I, I, mean I only me.
1: say that because i gave up coffee once and like the worst five-day headache i've ever had oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? you couldn't have told to... me that 10 minutes ago the caffeine withdrawals but that's yeah you'll be good Uh, you're no there so dennis yes as, as always the time seems to have flown by and my hourglass is pretty much empty always a pleasure robert both the
0: pint and the conversation especially the pint yes but it's always a pleasure to talk about our catholic faith as well
1: very true dennis very true And just before we wrap up, perhaps there's one small favor we could ask of our listeners.
0: If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review.
1: And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners.
0: And we'll chat again soon, mate.
1: God willing. And until then, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton.
0: Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless.